Welcome back, everybody, to uh, what we're calling episode one of the Main Stand podcast. Uh, I'm one of your hosts, Pat, still here with Josh, still here with Mitch. Uh, we're going to sink right into some stuff today. Uh, we're going to review a couple of the Premier League games from last weekend. We're going to preview some upcoming games uh, in the Premier League and also in La Liga. And then we're going to hit the around the world segment. And uh, Josh has got something he wants to say at the end of the podcast here. So we're going to get a completely live reaction to uh, to Josh here in a new segment that we're calling Hot Takes. So Are we first, talking things like- first, I have a, I mean, this isn't a hot take. We came in this podcast guns blazing before recording. Uh, <laughs> but I have one thing to say that we didn't even mention before this. And I'm going to make Pat defend this. We're recording on Wednesday. Puma just released uh, some kits today, some third kits from around. I can't defend anything. I can't defend a damn thing. What are the thoughts, Pat? It looks like something you would buy from a dude selling Manchester City t-shirts outside the stadium. They look like old NBA t-shirt warm-ups. And that was what I thought was bad until I zoomed in and saw all of the logos just watermarked across the t-shirt. Josh, like, I it's bad. Okay. It's really, really bad. It's a really bad shirt. The uh the watermark throws me like right back to like the old mid-90s like polyester kits, like the shitty itchy ones. Cause it's like that silky looking offset on a on a really weird kit. And it's not that they just did one of them. They did like six. They did one for every puma club they're hideous it's the worst idea that any jersey manufacturer has had since the nba did the the sleeved alternates the monk and grabback ones are awful because they're little diamonds that just touch each other dude the the logo for the sponsor on that kit is so bad (laughs) at least the other ones have like space in between the logos the the monk and gladback ones literally just touch each other throughout the whole kit it's awful I don't hate the Valencia one. I think that's the best of the lot. And I don't think Shakhtar has their logo covered in it. So I'm not sure theirs are terrible either, but the rest of them are fucking horrific. Yeah. Here I'm starting with my hot take. Puma's never fucking making a kid again. If I have anything to say about it. God, I wish you had something to say about it. They're garbage. I don't think there's enough barf bags on all the, airplanes that these guys are flying on to uh compensate for how ugly these kits are i think you're a hundred percent you're spot on mitchell that's the the most correct thing you've said since we've been in this zoom call with each other okay shut up <laughs> moving on let's jump right into the room we had a hell of a first weekend in the premier league boys yeah we did no Crazy. draws eight out of ten home teams won goals everywhere it was a lot of fun to watch and i think Obviously, the the Friday games we need to start with Arsenal Brentford. Um, I was a little surprised with Arsenal. To, to uh, well, a little bit, not a lot of bit, a little bit. I think they definitely should have done a little better than two nil. I I think Brentford had a lot in their favor being at home in their new stadium, you know, they have nothing to lose everything to gain. They haven't been here for nearly a century. 
uh, in the top flight and to be able to watch them net two huge goals. It, it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it was a pretty special moment. And I was here kind of defending, you know, Ben White. I thought he would calm down that Arsenal defense. But if anything, uh, I thought he made it look worse. Uh, him and Callum Chambers were pretty awful. <laughs> That's uh, probably an understatement. Um, Arsenal, they definitely have some excuses. Some fans might be saying, I know they have a few people injured and fitness might not be. Uh, be at the best right now. You know, Thomas Partey's out, uh, Aubameyang and Lacazette didn't play as well. So Arsenal fans might have some excuses, but ultimately you can't be uh, losing in the first game to a newly promoted side. Uh, and especially just like playing that poorly as well. Oh, hundred percent agree. I think, I think party is a big, big loss for them though. Huge. Uh, I do think, however, the diamonds in the rough were Smithrow and Tierney. Tierney looks super, super dangerous going forward. Uh, just looks like an overall good left back. And Smithrow is a, is a proper baller. Uh, he's a really, really good player. Super, super good on the ball. I was impressed with him for the, the entire time. Yeah, one player I wanted to do better, you know, again, was I thought Balogun was going to have a really good game up top. I thought it was a really good opportunity for him to shine against a team that probably was going to open up a little bit and go for it, especially at home in their first mm -hmm. league match since like 47, I think it was. So I thought Balogun was going to have a go at it, and he just absolutely stunk for Arsenal. Uh, didn't hardly move, didn't seem like he touched the ball uh, in the second half. So he was another guy I thought uh, – you know, got a pretty bad mark for me on the day. Day wasn't super, super great. I think we can sum that whole game up with Arsenal kind of stink and bees are really cool. Uh, anyway, let's go yes, to game sir. number two. You guys get to get to chat about this one. Here we got Liverpool-Norwich. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say is uh, Liverpool are really good and Virgil van Dijk being back for you guys is huge, like massive. What a great comment from you, Pat. I love that. <laughs> Um, Liverpool are good and Virgil being back is absolutely massive. I think Josh can agree with me on this. I haven't been that confident, confident or comfortable watching a Liverpool game in a year. I think Allison showed that that confidence was definitely there from him making a few huge saves at the end of that match. Um, I wasn't expecting to see that center back pairing to start the season. I thought against Norwich, maybe give the guys an extra week to get their legs about them, get their minds right to, to come back. Um, but I was pleasantly surprised. And I think um, another huge, uh, you know, person coming off the bench was Fabinho. He, he really kind of took the control back from Simkas getting, uh, fatigued he he settled settled the midfield down a little bit and um i i was just so confident watching that match it was a lot of fun yeah so i have a couple of shout outs i think uh costa simikos played really good on the left uh he did tire out towards the end of the match which was a downfall but you know when you haven't played first team football really in a year uh it's understandable uh and then the midfield i thought could have been better honestly the trio of kaita ox and milner um, it's obviously not your first choice midfield, but to go away from that game winning three, nothing is a, an accomplishment. One thing I want to point out is that aside from Salah being world-class, a, a goal and two assists, he was great. Uh, I want to highlight the middle. So Jota started, played for about the first 60 minutes. Then Firmino comes in. 
uh, Chris Pajak on Redmen TV said it best. Uh, this is something we could really see from Liverpool this year, where you put Jota in the middle and have him making those runs in behind. Uh, and then halfway through the game, you switch it up and can put a completely different type of striker in with Firmino, who's actually going to hold the ball up and allow those wingers to kind of cut in more. Uh, and I think that gave Norwich a lot of trouble because when Bobby came in, we scored two more goals. So I'm excited to see if we keep doing that in the next few games. But overall, Absolutely. great match. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was so much fun. Um, next up, Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Um, Pat, what do you what did you think about this matchup? Uh, I was super impressed with Chaloba and also Marcus Alonso. Uh, he literally looks like a brand new man when you just play a five at the back and let him just like play wing back and vibe. Uh, he was killing the competition. Ha ha ha, but um tis. Anyway, um, <laughs> I think Lukaku is also going to eat next week, uh, or this weekend, I should say, at Arsenal. Uh day. Chelsea looked really, really good, man. I was also super impressed with uh with Kovacic in the middle there. I think that he had a, a pretty solid game too. I I've been a fan of his. Yeah, it was interesting. I was excited to see Vieira's first game in charge of Crystal Palace. I don't think we mentioned that last week, but that's a you know a pretty cool thing to watch coming into this season. Yeah, I think uh, he's going to be in like 10 games, though. Sorry to cut you off. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> but against Chelsea, you know, I think any of those bottom 10 teams are going to uh, experience results like this this season because Chelsea are just that good. I'll be interested to see if Lukaku plays um, this weekend, I, I, too, but... I think with the announcement today, like kind of finally making it official, introducing him to the fans, kind of having the whole song and dance, I'd be surprised not to see him come out, especially with Tammy Abraham making his signing uh, with Roma official. Um, I, I think Lukaku has, has kind of every, every arrow is pointing to him starting. And I, I think he's going to take the reins and, and just run with it. Uh, I, I don't think there's any questions there. Yeah, and looking at the past two games we just kind of talked about with Liverpool and Chelsea, it'll be cool how to to see how they kind of line up this weekend, uh, how they change from the first week because Chelsea and Liverpool play the weekend after in the third match day of the season. So we're going to kind of see those two powerhouses go head-to-head right off this year. Mm-hmm. Be, a, be a fun one. Be a fun one. Uh, the next game we have on the list was also a fun one. Uh, it was Manchester United hosting Leeds United. Um, yeah, we called that one from a mile away last week, didn't we? That was just a bloodbath. Uh, the telescope was on that match. And I mean, I think, I think it, it kind of leans toward United's offense being very, very, very powerful. They have a ton of weapons in the midfield and up top, but Leeds, they have definitely some massive holes on the defensive end. Um, but I think, Pogba surprise really everyone um what's what's the story there if he plays like that the rest of the season uh we're gonna have trouble on our hands you know both Man City and Liverpool because their midfield will be dangerous especially with the attackers they have in front of him Uh, I thought he played just immensely I kind of heard it bounced around you know I don't want to not trying to sound like Graham Sunas at all but Maybe he's trying to play for a move. A lot of talk about PSG wanting him. There's also a lot of talk about him not wanting to leave. So make of that what you will. But he was really good. And we haven't really saw that Pogba at Man United uh, too, too much in the past few years. So I'm kind of excited to keep watching it. But again, 
this match was always one you're going to hit the over on and uh, prove to be just that. That uh, was it Bruno's second goal, the one that was just like over the top and he just fucking smashed it home. I think that was the second one. Yeah, that was just a really good goal. I just wanted to point that one out. I like seeing that one a lot. I hate United, but God damn it, that was a good goal. So next we have uh, Watford and Villa. That one finished 3-2 to, to Watford. Uh, Danny Ang's got a late penalty, so kind of an unfair scoreline. The game was probably a little bit more separated than the scoreline makes it out to be. Uh, just a huge three points for Watford to start the season coming back from the championship last year. Um Villa just didn't really look uh, that good. Maybe it'll take them a little bit more time to gel because there are a lot of new people. You know, they're starting Ings up top, Wendia in the middle of the midfield, and you're even bringing Ashley Young in on the left. He's a, a new player. So I completely a lot of, forgot they signed him. Completely yeah, a lot of moving pieces. Him. Yeah, and then having, having a lot of pieces on the way out as well, it's going to take some time for them to settle. Uh, but I don't think, I don't think it was – the game against Watford to to kind of iron out those kinks. That's a game that Villa, regardless of the pieces, should be able to make a little bit more competitive than they did. You know, three two. That's definitely not the score line. The the Ings penalty laid on. Hit, he hit it well. I mean, uh, calm as you like. He's he's gonna step up and and put the ball in the back of the net in that situation. But in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the game, it didn't seem like there was any sort of urgency from Villa. It was very, very sloppy. So it's going to, I say give them three weeks and see what happens, but um, I don't think Watford is the, the place to be dropping three points to start the year. Uh, I mean, I think it is what it is. There's still 37 more games to play for everybody in the entire league. Uh, someone to give a special shout out to Asar. He had an absolutely immense game on the wing for, for Watford. He's a super, super good player. I'm happy to see him back in the league and he had a really, really good game. Just wanted to, uh, to highlight that from the boy, from the lad. Uh, so moving on to what, in my opinion, was the most fun game of the weekend, uh, West Ham, Newcastle. Uh, yeah, that was a super, super fun game. Really good comeback from West Ham. Uh, Newcastle still do look like a good side. A lot, a lot of good pieces. Uh, I'm not sure John Joe Shelby has the legs anymore. Uh, he's, he's fun, but I don't know if I, if Voldemort can hold it down in the midfield for Newcastle for the entire season. Uh, Definitely not. West Ham were great though. West Ham were, were so much fun. Um, they have, in my opinion, the manager of the season from last year, David Moyes. I think he's got that team firing. Uh, I, I was super impressed with them. Uh, Antonio also just like kind of made up for his penalty miss with a really, really well taken goal. So shout out them. It was a good game. Yeah. West Ham are one of those sides where there's a lot of mid table teams in the premier league that have a few uh, really good players. West Ham have class kind of all around the pitch, um, both in defense, midfield and attack. Uh, and they have more depth than a lot of mid table sides. So I think they're going to do really, really well this year. And they proved that in the first game with a really exciting attack. Uh, off Defensively, they were a little bit shaky. Um, conversely, for Newcastle, I don't think that's a bad game. You're going up against a tough team. Newcastle obviously weren't great last year. But to put in two goals is a positive. And I think when they get Willock uh, back in the side because he didn't play, uh, I think they could be you know pretty dangerous kind of in the bottom 10. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. 
Uh, I guess the last game we're going to kind of talk about was probably the highlight of the weekend. The last game on Sunday between Spurs and Man City with the result that I don't think any of us predicted. Um, yeah, if you think I zero, thought zero percent game, you're wrong. Yeah, I thought Spurs were going to get walloped, especially without Harry Kane. And Spurs, you know, they surprised everyone. Came back and won that game one nothing with the lone uh, Hyunmin Son goal. It was a great uh, tactical performance from Nuno, I thought, uh, from a managerial perspective. And the Spurs players also put just a great shift in. I saw it coming. Just, just want to throw that out there. I saw it coming. Four on the bounce. We've lost at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Uh, it, it's not even the least bit surprising to me. Uh, Benjamin Mendy started, so that was an issue from the get-go. Uh, I think it was Gundogan's worst game in a city shirt. Uh, Grealish had a pretty good debut, I thought, personally. I thought he was dangerous. He was one of the few players making things happen. Um, we really missed De Bruyne. We really missed Foden. Kevin played 15 minutes, and he was our best player on the pitch by a country mile. Um, I don't want to take anything away from Tottenham, though. I'm just throwing that out there, too. That was a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal team performance. Um, Tanganga was incredible. Their their back four played really, really well together. Uh, Lucas Moore was really, really good, too. Honestly, all of their attackers were good. I think the the way that Nuno had them set up and, and the personnel they had going forward, they have three perfect guys for uh, that type of game plan. Um, Some, you know scores against us literally every year. I'm sick and tired of him. I, I hate it. He, I have nightmares about young men's son. Uh, but yeah, uh, I just can only say good things about the Tottenham performance. And I can only say that there's a lot more to come from Man City, especially with their best 11 on the field. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's fair to, to write off City, you know, after a big game like that. I think there's just a lot of question marks and having not your full best 11 out on the pitch. Um, Grealish looked okay. Um, and I think as time goes on, it, they're just going to get better together. And when you throw in your, your strongest guys, you get KDB playing more than 15 minutes. Um, City city are always going to be a team at the top of the league. So I, I think what Spurs did tactically was amazing, uh, especially showing that they can go out and grab three points without their uh, their golden boy at the top. So I'm excited to see what Spurs can do, and and I'm scared to see what City will do. Yeah, and Tangunga was really like the highlight of the match, honestly. The way how tight he was playing to Sterling in the first 25, 30 minutes, I don't know how many fouls he committed but he was just playing that line a defender should play between uh, fouling and, you know, being overly physical. I thought he was doing that great because he, I think he did pick up a card, but no, no. Nope. Nope. So I, I think, think he was really lucky to not get a booking. Just also. Yeah. Cause it, it was one of those ones where it's a accumulation. So I know the ref kind of brought the captains together. He might've I think he warned him personally once, but he was just playing that perfect line of making smart fouls uh, with enough time in between them. But he was playing Sterling so close every time he got the ball. Uh, and I thought it was his best game probably in a Spurs shirt. So I'm excited to see him, how he progresses throughout the season. Uh, overall, I thought Spurs just looked really good. So a surprise. I was saying in the first episode that they were a team to look out for. I was saying they were good. You guys 
you doubted me. I don't think anybody doubted you that Spurs are going to be a good side. I mean, you're probably right. Yeah. All right. So let's <laughs> let's let's jump into the previews here for uh, for this weekend. So we've got Athletic and Barca. Uh, Barca looked pretty good in their opening game of the season. So um, I'm interested to see them play a little bit more. Uh, kick it off against a team who's definitely not a not bad in the league, like a, a pretty solid contender for like middle of the table. Um, they play good ball as do, in my opinion, most teams in La Liga. So it, it should be a, a fun contest between those two. Yeah. So athletic played Liverpool. Um, I think their penultimate game of the preseason and uh, they played pretty well. They held up against us. Anaki Williams, I believe is, uh, you know, one of their top strikers and he's pretty good. So, uh, for Barca, you know, they played well in the first week. Depay um, looked nice. So I, I think Barca is going to win this pretty easily. We're getting a lot of talk of, of Philly boy, our, our little magician, getting an expanded role, uh, getting the 10 shirt as well. So I'm excited to see what happens. Philippe Coutinho back in the mix at the top of the soccer world, huh? He breaks my heart. The little magic. I mean, he was like one of my favorite players in 2017. It literally broke my heart when he left, uh, and I refuse to watch him at Barcelona just because it, it rips me apart to watch him. It's so emotional, <laughs> honestly. Come on, Josh. I yeah, can't. I want. I will. I want him. I'm one of the Liverpool people who want him back. I would take that, him back. That's that's the one thing that uh, you and I do not agree on. Yeah, and I, I have stood by that since he left, is I will take him back. He'll come crawling and, and begging, but, yeah, you, you're, we'll give you a shirt anytime. You're not going to start, but who wouldn't want to bring Coutinho in off the bench? Is it he still would, hanging up in his locker? Yeah. Maybe. I'll probably. give it a, a solid maybe. Uh, the, the next one, I, I think, is another really, really interesting game going into next week. We got Wolves and Spurs. Nuno going back home. I, th I think that'll be a good one, too. I th I, I'm really, really excited for that game. I'm not 100% sure why I'm so excited for it, but I'm excited for that game. At the Molyneux, you know it's going to be a great environment, especially with oh, him. Oh, yeah, it's going to be an absolute banger. Do you think they give him a good reception? Oh, it's tough because, I, I mean, be he brought him up. So <laughs> you have to kind of give credit where it's due. But at the same time, you know, whenever someone leaves you for a bigger club, it usually leaves a sour taste in the fan's mouth. So uh, I think it'll be probably mixed. Mm -hmm. I, I think Spurs will end up easily pulling out a win, but it'll be uh, it'll be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah well, I think I think I think Wolves will have kind of like a that little extra fire under them, though, too going up against Nuno so it'll be it'll oh, yeah. be interesting and it would be just like Tottenham to beat Man City and then lose to Wolves yeah it <laughs> yes. would be it'd be so Spursy <laughs> anyway um next one's gonna be a bloodbath uh, we got Arsenal and Chelsea yeah Arsenal's gonna get shit pumped <laughs> it's gonna it's be, be like bad five, two. I don't know about five I don't know Chelsea aren't really this Chelsea haven't really struck me as a team that's going to score like six or seven in a game, but like they're going to beat the hell out of them. I'm saying a really convincing 3-0 for this one from Chelsea. Yeah, and it's going to be a difference in manager too. I mean, obviously there's a talent uh, discrepancy on the field, 
but from a managerial aspect, you have Arteta versus uh, Tuchel. So, I mean, Arteta is just a mess. He he's at sixes and sevens all the time. Uh, no tactics whatsoever. Constantly changing the starting eleven. Doesn't seem to have uh, really favorites selected. So, <laughs> it's hard to see Arsenal getting anything out of that game. All vibes all the time from Arteta's terrible Reds. Yeah, I see. I, I agree. I think it'll be a three. No, I think, you know, Chelsea's not going to go out and score six goals against Arsenal. I think a lot also probably hinges on if Lukaku plays or not. I could see him, you know, maybe coming off the bench. Um, but I still think Arsenal just don't have a chance. They don't have a striker right now. I don't know if Aubameyang's planning on starting. I mean, he looked awful in the preseason if he is, even if he is healthy. And right now they're it just doesn't look like they have much of an attack. So it, they're not threatening at all. Um, yeah, no, uh, I just don't think Arsenal look particularly great. I think they need to sort it out in the next few games uh, or there's going to be some problems. I could actually see Arteta getting sacked. I could see him being the first manager to go this season. I could too. I think they need to do a little bit more business. I don't know if they have anything lined up. I know they got, they just this afternoon got Ramsdale to put in the net, which is that whole ordeal is a mess anyway, you know, getting rid of Emmy Martinez to go to Aston Villa uh, and you keep Leno, who's just a mess. And then you have to go sign Ramsdale, who's equally a mess. He's been relegated who knows how many times. I think in the past two seasons he has with Bournemouth and then Sheffield. Yep. Um, and he's, he's let in like 60 something goals in 30 games. It's his goal records ridiculous. It looks so, like they're getting on a permanent though. Which is okay. Odegaard's not bad. I don't think he was great for them in the half season he played last year, but he's probably better than the dead weight they currently have. Yep. That's the truth. Uh, final Premier League game on our docket here is uh, West Ham and Leicester City. Yeah, I think Leicester's going to win this one actually. I know it's uh, in London, but Leicester looked really good in their first game. Uh, Vardy scored the lone goal. I know Leicester have some injury problems right now, but this is just this game has Jamie Vardy written all over it. Mm-hmm. Simple as. Yeah, uh, I can. I I don't know. I'm I'm going for a draw. I'm saying like a two-two maybe. I think there's going to be some goals in this one, and I think West Ham are going to come out with the confidence after that that comeback win against Newcastle. They look like a pretty solid side too, so. Yep. I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be the, I think it's going to be like the fun game of the weekend for sure. Yeah. And I, I think, I think I'm in the same boat with Pat. I don't know if there's going to be four goals. I'm, I'm kind of torn between a one, one or a two, two uh, draw as well. I think, I think it's going to be one of those classic back and forth, yep. low scoring affairs. Um, Vardy definitely going to net one here, but I think West Ham also, if, the ball bounces the right way could easily, you know, stay right in it with them. So, yeah, I guess another reason for my, you know, me thinking Lester is going to win is I feel like Lester always starts off the year strong. They usually kind of start dropping points, you know, when we get deeper into fall, the winter time. Um, I think, you know, I think they start off the season strong with, with six points, which is kind of why I see him taking down West Ham here. Yeah. I think, I think it's a, it's, it's a toss up, but I'm leaning, leaning towards that, that draw here. Perfect. So I think the last game we have to preview is uh, we're heading back to Spain, Levante and Madrid. Pat, what are your thoughts on that one? I'm excited for this one. Um, I think Levante are an all right side. They're like just like another one of those like fun 
mid midish table uh, La Liga teams, and then you know Madrid is Madrid. So I, I just feel like this is going to be like kind of kind of an open game. Two sides also, you know, they both kind of like to attack. So I'm looking forward to this one. Um, I'm a, a pretty big La Liga head, so you're going to see me just kind of like sprinkling in La Liga games into our previews every weekend. So I'm uh, I'm excited for this one. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I'm I'm curious to see uh, how Madrid do this year. I mean, they they are currently top of the La Liga table, uh, but I'm. Um, just I'm interested to see how their battle with uh, Atleti across the way go. Cause I think at the end of the day, those are going to be the two teams fighting for the La Liga title this year. I think Barcelona are going to come up just short, but uh, just, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be a fun one. Yeah. And my, I, I did wrote an article recently about La Liga futures and I had Atleti winning the title um, with Real Madrid finishing second. So I kind of agree with you. I think those are the final two teams that are going to battle it out at the end. Uh, I think Real Madrid's journey this year is going to be really interesting to watch to see how they deal with a sort of a, a newer defense without Ramos and Varane in the middle. But mm-hmm. they played good in the first week against Alaves, so I'm excited to see them uh, here in the second game. I think they'll ultimately win, though. Yep. Couldn't agree more. I think there's a lot of question marks with those two center backs kind of moving on. Yeah. Uh, but. I think Madrid are in really good hands. I think they still have a lot of talent that, I mean, it's, it's one of those clubs that's always going to be near the top of the table. Um, but I mean, with, with the hits that Barca's taken, I, I couldn't agree more that, you know, that Atletico and uh, Barca are going to be a, a tough one too. Um, it's going to be a tight race throughout the year. And um, I, I don't know. I think Madrid have, have, every ability to go out, win this game and, and keep gaining points. Yeah. Kind of cut and dry. Okay. I think it's time for, we're done the, the previews for, for this week and the reviews from last week. I think it's time to go around the world and we're going to start off with Mitch. Cause this is what we were fired up about before we got on the pod. <laughs> Mitch has a game he would like to talk about. I pissed uh, it seems right pretty off important this one. to him. <laughs> Not that it's important. I think it's important for the game. Roma and Fiorentina. Um, Sunday, we've got uh, the matchup of the century here uh, to kick off the Serie A season. I see Pat shaking his head. Um, Jose uh, is is heading Roma now. Um, They just signed Tammy Abraham. I doubt he gets into the side. Um, this weekend maybe comes on as a late substitute just to get some minutes. Uh, but there was some, there was some fire in their uh, last preseason game with uh, Batiste. Uh, we had four people get thrown out. Uh, we had red cards coming out of the referee's pocket left and right at the end of the game. Uh, Batiste ended up winning five, two. Uh, Jose was one of those people that got tossed. Um I think Roma have a really good side. They've added um, quite a few pieces um, this year. I think Tammy coming in, El Shirari being there. Um, they've got Ashley Cole in the back line, uh, Rui Patricio and net. They have a pretty good side, all things considered. Um, and then Fiorentina, I think to kick off the Serie A season, it's going to be a good highlight match for two teams kind of um, chasing the fringes of the top four two mid-table teams uh pat 
roasted me thinking that I was saying Fiorentina was coming in as a top four prospect. Um, it, cause, cause I can't type, I can't type notes and I can't articulate my thoughts. Well, guys, uh, but I think, I think this is going to be a fun match. I think Roma end up taking it, uh, probably three, two, but, uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Is Ashley Cole at Roma still? Yeah. Is he? Yeah. Huh. You know, I think Fiorentina have a chance at top four. Uh, if they can, you know, negotiate with Liverpool to get Mo Salah back on loan. <laughs> <laughs> it is going to be a good game yeah. to watch. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Fiorentina can, can finish a little above what they did last year, probably seventh. Um, but I think Roma have more to lose in this match. I, I think Jose... Jose is Jose. He's, he's a character. Um, but I think he has a lot of great pieces here. He's, he's a brilliant mind when it comes to uh, the sport and I'm excited to see what he does. They did just sign uh, Eldor Shamuradov. He's a six, three young striker. Uh, so in, in, in the span of 24, 48 hours, they brought in two, six, three forwards. We and love Tammy Abraham. Giants uh, and and Eldor, so but uh, and Pedro Pedro's in in on Roma as well. Like they have they have some tools there, so I'm I'm excited to see this match. Mitch Ashley Cole does not play for Roma anymore. He retired in 2019. Also, has it been that long? Yeah, he retired. Oh. Old man. I remember at, seeing him at, at Derby. Fenway. Uh so my game I wanted to talk about for this weekend. We're going back to England. We're not going to the Premier League. We're going to the championship, baby, because that place is so much fun. It is so much fun down there. We're we're talking Fulham and we're talking Hull City. Uh, I really want Fulham to come back up. I think they're such a fun team. Like I use the word fun a lot because I like teams that go out and they play ball and they just like go do their thing and Fulham do that. And also Clint Dempsey played for them. So they have a place very near and dear to my heart. Is Berbatov uh, is Berbatov at Fulham still? No. He's Mitrovic Mitrovic is going to win the Golden Boot in the championship. <laughs> okay, yeah, he is. I uh, absolutely love uh, the championship. I I'm going to just recommend everybody watch the championship. I'm going to sprinkle them in every time I can get the opportunity to do that. Uh, yeah, so it's my team to watch. It's my game to watch. Yeah, I got into the championship a little bit more last year, too. It's definitely a fun league. It's so even that it's so hard to predict those ones. So they're, they're kind of fun to, you know, put picks on or uh, just watch for fun. They're all really close games. I'm hoping that uh, Stoke City get promoted this year, too, just for the sake of my good friend, Sam Shepard. We love a good cold, rainy night in Stoke. In Stoke. All uh, right. So my uh, game around the world, we're going to go to Scotland. Uh, St. Johnstone and Dundee United, <laughs> super obscure game, but uh, I've got to write about these teams a little bit in the past couple of weeks. And I think it's a really interesting game in the Scottish Premiership. It's a, a league that's you know usually dominated by Rangers and Celtic. These are two teams that just kind of lay a little bit uh, beneath those two teams. St. Johnstone just gave Galatasaray a run for their money uh, in Europa League qualifying. They managed a draw in Turkey and then, you know, they got beat at home 4 two. 
but they gave them a really, you know, uh, a good run. So I think St. Johnstone, St. Johnstone are a team to watch. Ali McCann's a name you want to look out for in the midfield. Uh, he's a baller. And Dundee United just beat Rangers the other week. And uh, to beat that Gerrard team Ooh. is a, a pretty big accomplishment because they did really, really well last year. So this is my game to watch in Scotland. Uh, kind of similar to the championship. It's just, it's a fun league. Uh, it's kind of like anything goes. So uh, definitely one to look out for. It's a big grinded out league. Yeah. All right. We're finally at what I've been looking forward to since we I'm started so excited. recording this episode. Welcome to Hot Takes. This is a segment where one or multiple of us are going to say a, a take that we've developed either during the season or we've just had boiling and we need a chance to say it. And we're going to die on that hill. You're going to say your take and it's your take. And what this week, Josh has a hot take. Josh, what, what hill, hill are you dying on this week? What hill? I don't know if I've ever been more nervous to, to drop this because it's either going to be, be not that crazy or it's going to be very controversial and I'm going to get a lot of DMs from Chelsea fans. I'm really excited. <laughs> I can't um, wait to hear Bass hear this. <laughs> in short, uh, I think Mo Salah is a, a better player, a better attacker than DDA Drogba. Um, what? So... I have some some stats to back this up. So I just want to kind of, this came from, you know, it's probably something I've felt for uh, the past year or so. But Mo Salah scored again this weekend, two assists. Um, and he became the first player ever in Premier League history to score in the first game in five consecutive years. And I just think his goal mark kind of goes under the radar a little bit um, in terms of how much he's produced at Liverpool, both in goals and assists. Uh, you know, Drogba joined Chelsea when he was 28, where Mo joined Liverpool when he was 25, so a little bit younger. In uh, their both, like, respective first four years at the club, Drogba played 110 games for Chelsea, 50 goals and 26 assists in Mo's first years. He played 46 more games but scored 46 more goals and had 11 more assists in their first four years in the Premier League. Um and overall, if you look at Drogba's career as a whole in the Premier League, which is long, much longer than Salah's, um, Salah only needs eight more goals to break Drogba's goal record for Chelsea in 108 less games. That's something that I think is uh, pretty incredible. And another hot take that's going to kind of go on top of this that I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and defend, but I do believe is going to ring true come the end of Salah's career. I think he's going to go down as the best African soccer player of all time. And I stand by that. Uh, I will this very, very hard disagree with that one. I think Samuel Eto and Yaya. That's, Torre that's the one that you can argue. I think Torre can definitely make a case for being better than Salah too. Yeah, Colo Torre is the, the grand goat. scheme of things. Um, so my <laughs> organic, my reaction to that take is A, I don't totally hate it. Um, and I want to make one thing clear, too. I'm not saying he has a bigger Premier League legacy. Drogba no. won it three, more, three times, four times, I think four. Uh, he has a bigger Premier League legacy right now. I think if Salah can win a couple more trophies, that legacy obviously changes. I'm saying uh, player-wise, I think Salah's a better player. I mean, I you, need, you need it's... 10 more guys to win a league, you know? So, I, I think that's a verified you know fact mm -hmm. 
I think it's hard to compare players like that. It's very hard to compare players like that. Uh, I think Drogba, and I'm someone who will will die on the hill that Aguero is a better player than Didier Drogba. Um, but I think that Drogba was a very complete forward. I think he had a lot to his game outside of the goals that he scored. Um, and while I think Salah brings a couple of elements to the table outside of his goals. I think he's a lot of pace. He's a lot of power and he's a lot of raw finishing. And I think Drogba's hold up play, his link up play. I I think it's really difficult to compare a player like Salah to a player like Drogba because their games are so fundamentally different. Yeah. That being said, I think you can make a case that maybe Salah's a better goal scorer or a better like raw attacker, but I think it's hard to say he's a better player than Drogba. That's fair. I I do see where you're coming from. Uh, You know, I do think Salah's a great creator. I think his assist tally is something that goes under the radar too. And his assist tally is already better than, than Drogba's at Chelsea, which again is impressive. Uh, And I think he also does a lot of defensive work, you know, off the ball coming down from the wing, the, just the way Liverpool play, he has to track back a ton. So I think he has some defensive ability as well. Uh, Especially because Trent's defensive ability is. Yeah, exactly. What do you mean? He's the best right back in the world. I was being sarcastic. Born, born a midfielder, best right back in the world. Um, nah. All right. So that was I, that. Definitely was a hot take, Josh. So I'll I'll allow it. That I, that was a good one. I like that. Um, I just think it's a difficult one to quantify. I, I get what you're. I get what you're saying too. I guess as an overall like attacker, um, maybe that's the better wording for it, because I do think what Salah does is impressive. Uh, just the amount of goals he scores from the wing. I know that's more popular in today's game, but I do think it's really impressive, especially in the Premier League, which is also where Drogba played. So I do think it's, uh, I get why it's hard to compare them, but I do think you can compare them as overall attackers and say that Salah is the better one. Uh, And that's the hill I'm willing to die on. And I think, you know, we're probably going to get some responses from a friend in specific. I hope (laughs) so. The one friend. The one um, friend. Yeah, no, I don't I don't think you're entirely that far off. But I will say, e- even though their games, like the, the time in which they're playing isn't that far off, obviously the game is a lot different right now in the Premier League. And I think one thing that I'm going to be watching a little more intently now is what happens with Salah's assist production over his goal production this year. And I think the way that Liverpool is kind of shaped up preseason wise and preparation with injuries over the last couple of years, they're so much more interchangeable up top. And we're seeing the top three work better together now than I think we did two years ago, even though we're one game in, you can pull Firmino out, put Jota up top. And, and those three were, are going to cycle the ball. I think, I think we're going to see Salah's um, 
goal production come down a little bit. We're not going to be playing out on the break as much, and they're going to be looking to cycle the ball to get the best scoring opportunity. So I, I think we'll see some more Salah assists than goals this year in terms of, you know, that overall production. But obviously his finishing within 10 is, is second to none. I want the ball on his left foot um, yep. when, when it comes down to it. Yeah, and I guess where this came from more or less is just that at the beginning of the season, you know, he puts in a really good shift in the first game. It just kind of brings back those feelings that I do think he's just one of the best scorers in recent times in the Premier League, and I'm not sure he gets the respect he deserves necessarily from everyone on the internet. Uh, I think some people do. A lot of people leave him out of conversations, you know, best Premier League scorers of all time, and I think those are conversations that he's going to start to belong in more especially if he adds another premier league trophy and another golden boot uh to his trophy cabinet i think his premier league resume is already really impressive and i just think he gets a little disrespected uh i think he should be within a lot of other great names so i guess that's where this hot take came from this week put some respect on his name you hear me the egyptian king um he's royalty i think we can probably sign it off here we can shelf that that hot take up to indecisive uh, i want I, I want somebody to write this down i want to i want to update on on the spicy take come christmas okay i'll uh i'll, I'll start we'll start a, a hot take list a hot take checklist hot take year in review we need a chili pepper based on how many dms we get after the episode deal <laughs> Yeah, what's the Scoville level here? I'm thinking like right around, <laughs> right around 2,500, 3,000. We could, we could do hot ones and just get uh, DCMA on the internet. Okay, okay, uh, we're yes. not Sean. We're Let's not Sean it. Evans. Uh, all right, guys. Um, you made it this far into our podcast. I love you. I'm gonna give you a kiss. Um, yeah, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, like, catch share, you guys subscribe. next week. Yeah, please like, share, subscribe. Um, I love you. We got some fun segments in the work uh, coming up too. So we're going to start rolling those in a little bit more. uh, And the season's going to get underway here pretty quickly. So a lot of good stuff coming. Stay tuned for the chaos again. Thanks so much for, for tuning in. All right. Catch you guys later. That's full time boys. Later.